Welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, an integrative health podcast by Center for New Medicine. We created the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast as an extension of our mission to educate and empower individuals along their health journey. This integrative health podcast will bring you in-depth expert interviews on a plethora of health topics. Tune in bi-weekly for interviews on how to create a non-toxic lifestyle, integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne, and I had so much fun today interviewing Meredith from Quantum Health TV. And today we are talking all about light. And this is a topic that is so near and dear to my heart. It's something I'm talking about with clients constantly, how we can better utilize this amazing natural resource that is given to us and is so, so necessary to our health, which is sunlight. So we talk about how sunlight has kind of been demonized in the last 50 years or so and why sunlight is so important to just about every function of health. Meredith shares some of her health struggles and how After trying so many different things, she really was sort of hitting a plateau in terms of her health and for her incorporating light and then really optimizing her inside lighting environment during the day and during the evening was a major, major factor for her in her health journey. So we talk about how much sunlight we should be getting, how it affects our health, all the ways that sunlight can support us. And then some amazing tips for those of us who are working indoors a lot, don't get outside very often, how we can optimize our internal light environment during the day and during the night so that we're really helping get to more of a natural circadian rhythm and we're reducing as much toxic light as possible. So I hope you guys love this interview. If you do, definitely reach out to myself and the center. We love to hear your feedback. I always love getting messages from you guys on social media, hearing your thoughts about the episode. My social handles are in the link below, as well as the center's social media handles. And definitely check the show notes today because there are a ton of links to some of the products that Meredith mentions, as well as some other resources. Well, Meredith, welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. Thank you, Leanne. It's very nice to be here. I love the name. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. It's kind of Dr. Keneally's trademark. So to start off, we always love to give the listeners a little bit of background on the guest. So can you just share a little bit more about your personal and professional history? Sure. Um, my name is Meredith Kelly Oak. And my professional history is I am actually not 
I do not have a health background. Um, I have a background in media and executive coaching. And I came to the health space, as many of us do, um, for personal reasons, for health issues that I was having and that one of my children was having, um, and went further and further down the health rabbit hole. Um, did a lot of work with supplements, um, acupuncture, diet, different types of food, um, and was never quite able to get all the way better. And then I started to learn about the impact that light has on our health. And when I started to really deeply explore that, things really changed. And so over the uh, COVID period, my husband and I started interviewing doctors and researchers in this area. And so I've done probably, I don't know, 50 hours of interviews with people um, on the topic of light and health and how that works um, and why more people don't know about it and that kind of thing. So I'm like a lay person in between the experts and the <laughs> and people <laughs> looking to get better. Oh, but it's so fascinating because then you've got such a personal story to it. And I think that always adds so much. So let's dive into it. I think something many of us don't realize is, first of all, one, how much sunlight has been demonized over the last few years. But how much our exposure to light, our interaction with light has changed, especially since the invention of the light bulb, the industrial revolution. Can you just touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. It's And you touched, you know, you touched on the two um, key aspects. One is the demonization of the sun and the lack of sunlight. And then the second piece is, what we've replaced it with. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if we stopped drinking fresh water and only drank soda, right? Like we've, it, light is that fundamental to our health and sunlight is what we evolved under. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we take that away, we're missing something we really need. But then not only that, we've replaced it with Um, screens and LED bulbs, which is like taking away the nutrition and replacing it with with like um, not even sugar because that's at least a natural substance, but it's like something that some some (laughs) Some kind of man-made process thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, the research that has caused us to stay out of the sun, if you really dig into it, is not, um, doesn't really hold up. So with the one caveat that you definitely want to avoid burning, um, burning is not healthy. But aside from that, going in the sun is only good for us, right? It It has only health benefits. So this idea that we need to wear sunglasses and we need to SPF 20 in all of our makeup um, and we need to be continuously mindful of blocking the sun is the opposite of how we should be thinking about it. We want to be continuously mindful of how to get ourselves into the sun um, because the light frequencies of the sun are programming our biology and programming ourselves. Can you touch a little bit more? I think what you said about the research studies is so interesting. It sounds like you've dug into it a little bit, but yeah, what, if you, if you are aware, what got us to the point where all of a sudden it was like, stay out of the sun, stay out of the sun. Uh, so there, there is re- research that shows that UV light causes skin cancer. Um, however, if you look at how those studies were conducted, um, they weren't 
conducted with sunlight. They were conducted with UV bulbs. Like isolated UV light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So if you expose yourself to isolated man-made UV light, um, yeah, that's probably not going to be great. Um, but it doesn't hold up that this going out in the sun then causes cancer. And in mm -hmm. fact, the places in the world that have the highest incidence of, of skin cancer um, are places are high latitude places. So um, like you know, cloudy places, right? Yes. Like places yeah. that are far north that are cloudy that, you know, people who, you know, you don't hear a lot about skin cancer in Africa, for example, mm -hmm. right? Like, so just on a practical um, basis of observing what's going on in the world, that argument doesn't hold up there either. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And there's, there is evidence to suggest that it's actually like the blue light from our screens that might be increasing the causes of skin cancer, which is a, not a very common type of cancer. And going in the sun has so many health benefits that uh, it really balance, it all balances out. Definitely. Yeah. I know years ago, I think I was writing an article on the toxic ingredients in sunscreen, but there was actually mm. a study that came out that showed that since sunscreen usage became so much more widely accepted after all of this information, stay out of the sun, use your sunscreen, cancer rates actually went up. Skin yes. cancer rates actually went up. <laughs> wow. Yes. And so, you know, of course, there's so many different factors going on here, mm -hmm. but it's definitely something to, to consider. And I think what I want people to really understand is something you touched on earlier, which is the sun and the light bulb in your house are not the same thing. Can you help yes. us understand why? Yes. So um, we've we've actually just started a little course and one of our um, to get certified in this stuff. And one of our instructors is a coach called Nathan Waltz. And he talks about eating an he uses the example of eating an apple, which is uh, you know generally speaking, a healthy thing to do. But he says, but if you just extracted the sugar out of that apple and only ate that and you didn't have any of the rest of it, is it is the apple still healthy? And that's kind of what we've done with our light bulbs is the sun has a, has a huge frequency of light coming out of it and across all of the colors in the light spectrum. So you have blue at one end, but then you also have red and orange and yellow and all of these others. And when you're outside under the sun, you are never exposed to any single blue light part of the spectrum in isolation. It's always balanced out by the other parts of the light spectrum. Um, the light from an LED bulb is just one part of that spectrum, which doesn't occur in nature. Mm -hmm. And our bodies are programmed by the full light spectrum. So when we put ourselves under um, a light spectrum that doesn't exist in nature, we're throwing off that programming. We're um, dysregulating our circadian biology. We're sending messages to our cells and our cells don't know what to do with it because it doesn't make sense to them. And it's just like throwing everything off just a little bit each day. But over mm -hmm. time, that adds up. So mm -hmm. You end up with chronic fatigue or as you talked about sleeping, you either can't fall asleep or you sleep a lot, but still feel tired or, you know, all of these things. And it's um, because the, the mechanism, the symphony of our cells in our body 
it's like the conductor got taken off stage and nobody knows when to play. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what we're doing when we throw ourselves under artificial light because our cells don't recognize it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, they don't know, you know, it causes them to signal improperly. Yeah, it is kind of like death by a thousand cuts. It's just happening so slowly. And I imagine what can happen for a lot of people is, I mean, you know, unfortunately, now all the generations coming up are just born into this. This is so common. So who knows the effects of that. But um, as we spend more and more time indoors, I'm sure for many people, it's hard to even pinpoint that this is a key factor in their health issue because sometimes it can take a while for these to kind of spiral so far downward that we start to really see the effects. Yes. Yes. It's definitely, it's definitely cumulative. Um, And it's also, so it causes the damage, but then it also sort of stops all of the other, you know, we put so much energy into other um, ways of healing, right? Like we eating the right food and exercising properly and meditating and stress management and all of these things. And yet, if we don't also take into account our light environment, that's a key stressor and it's sort of disrupting all of those other efforts that we're making. Mm -hmm. So what I love about, you know, learning about light is that um, it's not that hard to change like I personally find starting a new exercise program much harder than changing my light bulbs, right? Like <laughs> it's not that hard to change and it makes everything else we're already doing work better, mm, right? Yeah. So, we're, you know, if we just adjust the timing of our food to eat on a circadian um, time clock, we don't even have to necessarily change what we're eating. We change when we eat it. All of a sudden we have more energy and we lose a little bit of weight and all of a sudden, our you know we recover after exercise more easily when we, you know, spend more time outside. Like all of, so it it increases the um, the effect of all of the things that we're already doing. It's like mm-hmm. taking the taking the parking brake off <laughs> and getting that sunshine outside is free. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, you know, it can't get any easier than that. You just step outside for a little bit. I'm so excited to get into all your tips and recommendations. What I want to ask though, is if you can, what are some of the physiological effects sunlight has on our body? Why should we be getting outside in the morning? How is it that it's helping our digestion? Some of those things that, so we can wrap our head around it a little bit more. Yeah. So it turns out that light controls everything. So just think of you know, I think different people are familiar with different aspects of health, whether it's digestion or sleep or energy levels. So just think of whatever process is most important to you. Um, and light is programming that process. So I'll take, for example, we'll, we'll do sleep. Um, when we go outside in the morning, if we're able to go outside as close to sunrise as possible, the frequency of the sunrise is sending a very specific signal if we don't have glasses on, never wear glasses or sunglasses (laughs) outside if you can help it, is sending a very specific signal through our retina and through our cells um, because it's been shown now that our cells also have photoreceptors. So it's our eyes and our skin Mm -hmm. um, saying it's morning. It's time to switch the, turn the switch from off to on. And even though we think of melatonin as the, as the nighttime hormone, 
we actually make it in the morning. So when we go outside at sunrise, the the melatonin production switch gets turned on and we start mm-hmm. to make it. And then it starts to, you know, turn on all the other hormones that we need to be productive and feel happy and feel alert and feel awake. It turns all of those on. And every time we go outside periodically throughout the day, the frequency of the sun is sending signals to our body so it knows what to be doing uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. And so then at the end of the day, ideally what we'd like to be outside close to sunset as well because then the opposite happens the the light frequency at that time tells everyone tells the switches to start winding down and then once it gets dark uh, that's the darkness itself is also a signal Um, and that tells our body okay now it's time to start using that all that beautiful melatonin that we made this morning and so when we go to sleep our cells are able to regenerate and clean themselves and we go into a state of autophagy Uh, So that when we wake up, we feel refreshed and good because everything's working the way that it's supposed to. And Mm -hmm. and so that helps. There are versions of that with digestion. There are versions of that with energy levels. You know, there's, but I think sleep is probably the most straightforward way to to explain it. Yeah. And just so immensely, immensely impactful because there's so many things happening while we sleep. It's the prime time of detoxification within the body. So just fixing the sleep piece will have such a cascading effect on our health. But I can speak to myself when I started getting outside first thing in the morning, I was more alert. I had more of an appetite. I felt like I digested my food better. I could focus easier. And then optimizing the light at night, I my sleep was night and day, no pun intended. It was so much better. But I'm curious for you, when you kind of first got on this journey, what were some of the effects or the benefits you noticed when you started kind of refining your light environment? Yeah, really similar. I mean, one of my, one of the main frustrations in my life um, when I was in the throes of chronic fatigue was that I would sleep for 10 hours and be still feel tired when I woke up and still need to lie down periodically throughout the day because I would be so depleted of energy. Mm. Um, And it, you know, it just, I know probably a lot of people who listening can identify who listen to these kinds of podcasts are usually mm-hmm. <laughs> on their own journeys, um, right? It just, it feels so frustrating because at a certain point, you're like, I'm doing everything I know to do. And I like, I still feel like this, like mm-hmm. I've done the food and I've done this and that and, um, and everything helped a little, but that, that deep sense of fatigue. And um, I had, I had this happen sort of after my third child and I had her a little bit later than the first two. And the first after my, when those two were little, like they didn't sleep that much. So I was tired, but I was tired because I was sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. And this kind of fatigue was different. It was people like, oh, of course you're tired. You have young kids. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's, yeah. not it's like, and of course they're not listening to you. And in a couple of days you're recovered. Like this is, yeah. was different. And um, when I started learning about the light, I was literally, I think it, I was reading about it on my iPad in bed before I went to sleep, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, oh, the irony. Oh, no, what am I doing? So I was blasting my retina with pure blue unfiltered light. I don't even think I had the brightness turned down, telling my, telling my cells and my body and my mind that it was solar noon. And then mm-hmm. I'd turn out the light and try and expect to have a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that alone, when I stopped doing that, and um, if I did need to look at a screen after dark, which I try not to do, I would wear blue blocking glasses. So doing that and then going outside first thing in the morning, um, I was able to go to sleep and wake up and be like, wow, I felt like I actually slept. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some of your tips then, because I want to talk about getting actual the sunlight exposure and kind of just how we can start to implement that more. But then I also want to talk about indoor light exposure, mm -hmm. what we can do during the day for those of us working on computers. I mean, who isn't anymore yeah. <laughs> um, during the day, but then specifically as well after sunset and kind of in those evening hours, what are some tips we can do? That's right. kind of going to be easy to implement, realistic. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as we were talking about, like, the great news is it's not complicated. Um, so I'll start with, like, an the ideal way of living that nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Give it to okay. us. So at least so we've got it. If we were, like, living, like, an ideal circadian life, it would be, like, if you were camping in the wilderness and you didn't bring a flashlight, right? Like, you would wake up with the sun. You would be doing things when it was light out. Once the sun set, the only light you would have is fire, and then you'd go to sleep pretty early and sleep in complete darkness. That is that is the ideal. Um, so obviously in our modern life, we don't live like that unless we're on a camping trip, and even then we probably <laughs> bring, bring, bring our phone with an alarm or something. <laughs> yeah, and our phones and all this stuff. Can I, can I ask a really quick question? Sure. I am so curious because I've thought about this just with the seasons, how sometimes, mm -hmm. not sometimes, in the winter, mm -hmm. it gets darker earlier. Yes. Do you know, historically speaking, were we just sleeping more during the winter months? Probably, yes. Okay. I've always wondered about that of just like, yeah, now it's dark at five. I know our time change issue doesn't help matters, but uh, what were we doing before? Were we just kind of staying up by the fire pit hanging out or were were we sleeping a lot more? Maybe it's a combination of both. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, no problem. It's a great question. I th I think we slept more. Um, I don't have. I can't recall the exact research on that, but um, we probably lived slightly closer to nature, more like an animal where you hibernate a little bit more. You get skinnier in the winter. You eat less. You sleep more. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, and then when food sources are abundant and there's lots of work to do outside, it's it switches a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. So that's ideal. We're waking yeah. up with the sun. We're going to bed with the sun. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the camping with no tech is the, is the ideal. So then you have, you know, your, how most of us live. Um, so just sort of, you know, going through a typical day in terms of light, the most important thing is to get as much bright light as possible when you first wake up. So ideally, like the ideal thing would be to wake up and go outside around right around sunset um, and have the that light change be absorbed through your through your uh, retinas and your skin. Mm -hmm. Sunrise. Um, Do you mean yeah, sunrise? the sunrise. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, what I don't know what I said, but sunset. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry, sunrise. <laughs> yes, definitely. You want sunrise in the morning, um, and you don't actually you don't have to if you can if you live somewhere where you can 
watch the sun come up over the horizon, that's amazing. But even if you live in a city and everything's behind buildings or it's cloudy and you can't see the sun or there's mountains or whatever, it doesn't matter. It just matters that you're outside in those light frequencies, no, no matter what you can see. If you can't be outside, you can open a window. Mm-hmm. Um, opening a window really helps. And then be out there for as long as possible. If you have to come inside in the morning around sunset time, you actually do want to turn on all your bright lights because that is a time where your eyes are expecting to see bright and it will it will help wake you up. Okay. Okay. Um, and So that's kind of morning, morning yeah, routine. So morning. And then the light, you know, the light changes and the, the different frequencies start to come into play. So ideally you want to get your eyeballs connected to the natural light as many times as you can throughout the day. So the way people used to go outside for cigarette breaks, like we talk about going outside for a sun break. <laughs> like, and they were probably healthier than us. Yeah, no, it's possible that the benefits of being outside counterbalance some of the detriments of smoking. But um, so I don't even know if people are in office buildings that much right now, but if you, if you are, if you're working in an office, um, you know, just set a timer on your computer and at least every like hour, hour and a half, just go outside even for five minutes, walk around the block. If there's, if you have something to go do, if there's a way to get out, go outside to go do it, like just sort of mindfully incorporate as much outdoor time as possible. Um, opening windows helps. So I have in my car, I have a, uh, my minivan, I have a sunroof and I drive with it open at least partly unless it's pouring rain. Um, even when it's cold, because anytime you can be having the natural light and having those photons come into your life, the better. Mm. So oh, your, if you're driving to work, a lot of times sunrise would happen at that time, just like crack the window so the light can come in through the side. Um, don't wear sunglasses unless you're on a boat. <laughs> it's With the you know, water or the yeah. sun or the snow, I guess, maybe yeah. reflecting or in your eyes. you want to wear goggles. Yeah. Those would be the can, I Sorry, so many questions sure. here. Can you explain why the sunlight through the window doesn't have the same effect as just the straight sunlight on our skin? Because I think many people might think, oh, I can feel the sun on my skin through the window. Mm. Same thing. Yes, uh, that's a really, really good point, Leanne. And I, we all have that question. Um, the, there's a wonderful doctor out of Germany called Dr. Wunsch, and he calls he's a chronobiologist. Uh, he's very a, an academic who studies all of this very, very deeply. Um, and he says in his beautiful accent, he says, "Windows turn sunlight into junk light." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, and it's because they block the freq- they block certain frequencies. So okay. you're getting the the brightness is measured in lux. So you're getting the the brightness of the of so it's nice to have lots of windows because you're getting the brightness of the natural um, rhythm of the day. But the way that we manufacture glass uh, blocks out a whole bunch of the frequencies, so your cells are not receiving the message. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like getting it's almost like a light bulb. It's yes. turning sunlight into light bulb light. Okay. Yes. Exactly. That's a perfect way to put it for sure. Okay. I think that's so good to know. Cause I, I, sometimes I ask my clients, how much time do you get outdoors? And they're like, Oh, hours. I'm driving around all day long. Right. And I'm like, you know, it's not the same thing, No. 
but I love the tip of the sunroof. That's a great one. And I'm going to start doing that too. That's fantastic. And even if it's cold, like even a crack helps, like anything helps. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's interesting. They used to, the way windows used to be made, um, the frequencies of the sun came through. So if you've ever visited like a cathedral in Europe, you go inside and they have, like it just has that feeling, that peaceful feeling inside of that space. Um, those old, old windows were letting in all the like light frequencies of the sun. And it really, wow. you really notice how it changes the energy of a space. Yeah. But uh, no more. <laughs> yeah. So I think one day soon someone will invent a crystal window because crystal allows all the light frequencies through. Glass does not. Oh, that's fascinating. So, oh my gosh. I think for someone to have invented an affordable crystal window. <laughs> <laughs> right. Affordable, I guess, is the key word here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what about tips for so we want to get outside first thing in the morning. As mm-hmm. soon as, you know, as soon as we're up and the sun is up, let's get outside. Yeah get outside kind of in as many intervals as we can throughout the day. What about when we're working on computer screens? Are there tips for how to kind of um, lessen the negative effects of staring at screens all day long? You mentioned blue light glasses. Is there anything else along with that that you recommend? Yes. So the so there are, are two ways to do it. One is to change the the light output on the device itself. And the other way is to wear protective eyewear. Um, The the thing to remember about the blue blocking glasses is that you don't want, you don't want to wear the same type of glasses during the day that you would wear at night Mm -hmm. because there is blue light present in nature during the day. And so if you wear blue blocking glasses that block out all of the blue light during the daytime, you're still messing up your circadian rhythms because your body is expecting some blue light and you've taken mm-hmm. that out. So you can actually start to fatigue yourself by doing that. So if you'd go the route of wearing protective eyewear, you want to wear daytime blue blockers. Um, there's a company I love right now called Viva Rays and they make, you can buy one pair of glasses and change the lenses. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, so they, the lenses like clip on and off. So you okay, okay. have like morning, they really got deep on the science. So they have like morning lenses and afternoon lenses and nighttime lenses. Um, and it also depends how much time you spend in front of your computer. If you're on your mm-hmm. computer all day, I think the glasses might be a good way to go. Then the other way, the other- And it was, it was Viva Lens. Viva Rays. Oh, Viva Rays. Okay, yeah. we're going to make V-I-V-A-R-A-Y-S. sure- V-I-V-A-R-A-Y-S, yeah. You can send okay. me the link if you like. Um, so yeah, so glasses are a great way to do it. Um, but then you can also um, change the output of the device. So I think a lot of the, a lot of the newer phones have com- come with ways to reduce blue light um, in, you know, there's different apps and things like that. Uh, that helps. Um, for laptops, there is a software program called Iris. Okay. And Iris you install it on your computer. It's like a one-time purchase that you install on your computer. And then you can, um, they have different settings. So I have right now, I have Iris on and I have it on the daytime setting. So my can still, my computer looks mostly normal. It's just a, a slight, they've just pulled out most of the blue light. And then if I need to go on my laptop, 
later in the day, like once it's dark, I'll change the setting and it will be, my screen will be mostly orange and black. Mm. So they, the device itself, there's that software pulls the blue light out of the device itself. Oh, that's fantastic. It's nice because then, you know, if you forget your glasses or just whatnot, yeah. it's kind of already there pre-installed. I know yeah. I keep my, I use my glasses usually with the computer. Um, and then my cell phone is always on night mode yeah. during the day. <laughs> the and then at night I turn the screen red yeah. with, you know, the little buttons and Perfect. stuff. But yeah, it is funny because my friends are like, why is your screen yellow? It's so <laughs> weird. Because it does, it kind of pulls the blue. It makes it a little more natural, but. Yeah. Okay. And it's incredible, right? Once you get used to it, if you go back to how the factory settings, you're like, oh. Oh my, no, I'll look at a friend's phone or something and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is actually painful to look at. Yeah. We have to desensitize ourselves a little bit at first, but then once you do, you, you kind of look at someone else's screen and you go, wow, I don't know how we were doing that all day long. Yeah. Yeah. What about and some um, a tip? I can't remember where I heard it from, but someone was mentioning that sometimes they'll have a little lamp with like a red light bulb in it next to their screen to kind of offset mm -hmm. the blue. What are your thoughts about that? Or is the um, the computer software kind of the best option? That's it. Kind yeah. of eliminates the need for anything else. Um. Yeah. So you, if you've pull, if you're pulling the blue out of the screen. Um, you don't necessarily need the red light. So, but the red light could be helpful depending on the time of day. So that you sort of want to like ask yourself, like what's going on outside? So high noon, the sun's really light. The sun's really bright. You probably don't want that red light on. You just mm. want to have your computer screen a little balanced. So it's not pure blue. It's a little bit closer to what's going on outside. Um, but then as you get closer to sunset, you might want to throw that red lamp. You might want to turn the red light bulb on because as we get closer to sunset, there is a lot more red light happening outside. So it mm -hmm. will help to balance out what's going on. Um, okay. Yeah. So example, in my, in my kitchen, we have the house came with like the pre-installed LEDs. And in the morning, I actually turn them on, um, mm -hmm. which I didn't used to do because I'm like, all LEDs are bad. And then the more you research, the more you learn. And it's like, actually, no, you want your environment to be bright in the morning, even if it's LEDs. So I have all of the win I have a window open and the LEDs on, and then later in the afternoon I turn those off and turn on a incandescent light, which is those way light bulbs used to be, where they have more of an orange glow mm -hmm. to them, uh, and those are wonderful for for late afternoon, early evening. And okay. then if you want to, you know, in my bedroom, if I'm reading before bed, a book now, not an iPad, <laughs> uh, then in there I have a red light bulb. Okay. And that's the only light I try to expose myself right before I go to sleep. I love that. When you were first implementing these changes, were you, because I'm thinking mostly about the families, the, the individuals who live with other people. And so it's not easy to just kind of go, okay, we're going to change everything up. Yeah. How was your family's response to some of these changes? <laughs> uh, they didn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my children at the time were young enough that I, you know, they didn't notice too much. Um, okay. my husband, I started, you know, if we had, if we were going on a drive or we would go, we're going somewhere, I'd throw in a podcast where people were talking about this so that he wasn't hearing it all from me. Cause I do, uh -huh. you know, um, you know, I do do a lot of coaching and I, oh, you know, people are always like, how do I, how do I get my husband on board? How do I get my best friend on board? And. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, the truth is they don't always want us to be the, <laughs> they might not want you to be the one to tell, telling them what to do. Um, so yeah, I tried to like, I tried to bring the information for adults. I brought the information in from other people, played a podcast, mm -hmm. sent an article. Um, and then the, I mean, if it's in that transition period, the great thing is like, you can just put on your blue blockers and it doesn't matter what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then slowly over time, you know, the more the information um, became available and it started to become more of a conversation in the health world. Like we started to implement more and more, but it was definitely baby steps. Like with any, right. anything, like changing anything, right. It was like, you do a few little things and you're like, oh, wow, that actually really helped because <laughs> there's a, a certain amount of skepticism, right? Like I'm like, really? I mean, I remember the first time I did a consult with one of the doctors who's really involved in this and um, it was a Zoom consult and I was living in Europe at the time and he was in the US. So it was daytime for him and nighttime for me. And I got on the call and he was like, and I was like, okay. So, and I was like, ready to talk about my symptoms. And he's like, what time is it for you? And I was like, it's 8 PM. He's like, where are your blue blockers? And I was like, you were serious about that? <laughs> oh man! Like, it takes a while. It really does take a while to be like, really? <laughs> and then once you do it, it's like, oh. Yeah. Yes. I think it's one of those things, kind of the classic case of you know, for example, we haven't been sleeping well for so long that we forgot what it was like to sleep well. We we think we're sleeping well. And then, you know, after maybe a week or two of implementing these, you start to notice the difference. And for me, it's one of those things where if I get a little lax with my habits, I start to notice immediately. And then I'm tossing and turning or I'm waking up exhausted. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot how impactful this was. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it happens. Like sometimes I'll, you know, I'll go to a movie and I'll forget my glasses and I'm like, oh, well. And, you know, one one night's not going to be a big deal, but I do notice. You do definitely notice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the point you make about the glasses because I think that is kind of the easiest way when you're first trying to make the changes. I always say like you have to start with you. Before you try and get anyone else on board, start with you, focus on yourself. And in a way, your health changes can be a bit of a testimonial for them. Yeah. But it's so great because then you've got those glasses at home, at work, when you're visiting a friend, and you kind of can just focus on yourself in that sense. It doesn't have to be too much of an inconvenience for everyone where you're like, okay, I'm coming to visit. Turn all your lights off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. exactly. <laughs> but with that said, when you travel, is that kind of the main thing you do is you just bring the glasses or do you have a little bit more of a routine? I love getting into this. Give me the, give me all the details. <laughs> okay. So we, I saw a post on Instagram the other day from one of the great coaches that we follow. Um, his name's Ryan Carter. He's handle is uh, live Vitae. And he, the joke was like, oh no, I'm like super low maintenance. And then underneath it was like, oh wait. And then there was like a whole list of like, oh, except that like, I need my water to be from here and I need my oil to be like this. And I need my, you know, and, and I was, and I'm laughing about it because I'm like, no, I'm like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, and yet I'm someone who travels with her own light bulbs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah. So the glasses are the first thing. And then I travel with 
red light bulbs, incandescent light bulbs, and um, painter's tape, like masking tape. And when we get to a hotel or a place, you know, something somewhere that we're renting, or even if we're staying in someone a guest room, we replace all the light bulbs in the bedroom with our own yeah. light bulbs. Um, and I bring the tape because, especially in um, hotels, a lot of the time there's really bright uh, LED lights coming in around the curtains mm. from the parking lot or from, you know, if you're in a city, depend, you know, whatever it is. Um, or the hotel rooms often have things flashing and all the appliances. Light. Yeah. So we just walk area. around and tape, tape the curtains and tape the things. And it sounds silly, but it makes like we, if we don't do that, like just, as you just said, like we can't sleep properly. So those yeah, are our travel things. <laughs> I love it. Those are such good, such good tips. And is there a specific light bulb brand for the red light and the incandescent light that you like? Um, yes. So for, for the incandescent, um, I can send you a, I can send you a list. The, okay. um, there's a company out of Australia called Block Blue Light. Um, okay. And they have a whole bunch of light bulbs. They've recently invented a light bulb where you turn it on and it's bright and then you turn it off and you turn it on a second time and it's um, incandescent. Oh, okay. <laughs> the so it's light like bulb for the different times of day. Um, oh, okay. You can just kind of Google around and find there's a lot of companies now that make incandescent bulbs. They're called decorative bulbs because certain places have outlawed them because they're not as energy efficient as LEDs. Mm. Um, and uh, red light bulbs, you can get, you know, in like Home Depot will have red light bulbs. The one thing you want to check for, though, is the flicker rate, which is happening below the level of our consciousness, but is, you know, if you get a red light bulb with a high flicker rate, you're not, you're still not helping your sleep. Mm -hmm. um, so I can do a list. Okay. The other, the other cool thing. So we had some people come in our house and like help us figure all this stuff out. And they told us this trick and my teenage son loves to do it is if you, um, if you have an iPhone and you turn the light bulb on and you, you hit record on video mm. of it and then play it back in slow motion, you can see if there, you can see the flicker rate. Mm -hmm. So if, if you do this on your TV, you'll see how much your oh TV gosh. is flickering too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that would be <laughs> hard, a hard pill to swallow. Can yeah. you talk about that though? Why, why flicker is an issue? So like from a, from a deeply scientific point of view, um, it's not really an area I can explain too much, except that it to say that it's, it's stressing your system. So you're, it's, it's a stressor on your system that, um, because it's, a it's not something that happens in nature, right? Like mm -hmm. if you, the only time you would have anything close to a flicker in nature is if you were like running really fast under a canopy of leaves with the sun coming through, you know, that, that type of very, very, very high frequency, um, on and off. And so your system is having to process that mm -hmm. and it stresses it out. Mm -hmm. That's the high level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got it. I love that. Well, I made a couple notes of the ones that you were mentioning. Um, okay. So we can kind of make and sure. And there's also on our website, we have a product guide. We don't 
like really sell products. That's not our thing, but um, we just have people ask us and we do know so many entrepreneurs who've made really high quality um, products that we just put a little page there where we list them. Oh, I love that. Can you, we'll make sure that your website and your socials are linked in the show notes, but can you just um, share it with us now for the audience so they can hear it? Uh, Oh, sure. Yeah. It's quantumhealth.tv. Okay. Yeah. And there's a little thing on the top that says product guide and anything in there is stuff that we use ourselves or that was, has been recommended. Um, Cause there are a lot of things out there right now and the market is getting flooded every day. I see another <laughs> addition and some of the, some of the products are really, really good and can be mm-hmm. very helpful uh, and some of them not so much. So we make sure to really only recommend things that we've heard through trusted sources. Filter through them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that because I think especially with, you know, now I, the blue block glasses, for example, mm-hmm. you could go on Amazon and buy a pair for 15 bucks. Yeah. And not that, not that all good health products need to be expensive. I mean, that's not what I'm saying, but right. There is a little bit more that goes into it just because it says it's a blue blocking glasses doesn't necessarily mean they're all the same thing. Yes. Yeah. And the, yeah. And there are, I think like if you get like the kind of UVEX construction blue blockers, if you're just like, I don't know about this, I just want to try it out. I think, yeah, they're like $15 and they help. They they do work. Um, you know, they, they might not work as well as some, something that's been really properly engineered, mm-hmm. um, but they do work. And then some of the more less expensive blue blockers that were, some of them are just a marketing gimmick and they, you know, if they're not actually orange, they're not not doing it they would be fine for the daytime but not the nighttime and mm-hmm. then some of the cheaper ones they've the um the glass is like dipped in a coating which blocks out the blue light but then as you use them if that coating gets scratched or comes off then the efficacy is gone they're so, just normal glasses yeah. <laughs> so there's all different yeah yeah. Many different things to think about. <laughs> well, that's great because we can all just go to your website <laughs> and go shopping for all of our new light products. I love that. Well, Meredith, thank you so much for coming on. This was fascinating. I think there's going to be so many people who maybe have heard and heard snippets on this topic, but I'm yeah. so excited that we're not going to be able to offer just this full in-depth interview on it with you. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And I just, I really, if someone's, this is the first time they're hearing about light, like, yeah, just make some small changes. Because I actually heard about it and then I heard an interview on it and I moved on with my life and I forgot about it. And it was like a year later where I really hit the wall and I was like, what is happening? And then I remembered, I'm like, oh yeah, there was that guy talking about the sun. (laughs) Yeah. So I think the small steps is so important because especially with this age of information where every day we're listening to a new podcast on a new topic, it it can feel overwhelming. Like, well, yesterday I learned about light. Today I just learned about water. Tomorrow I'm going to learn about air. Yeah. And I don't have the time to make all these changes. I, I can't afford to make all these changes at once. And so it kind of leaves us in this state of paralyzation where we're not doing anything. But yeah. It's like, just start somewhere, even if it's you buy one light bulb, you know, and then next month you buy another one. It's really, we're not in a race here. This is a little bit of a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, give yourself some grace to make these changes slowly. 
Absolutely. That's beautiful advice, Leanne. Yeah. <laughs> and the sun, as you pointed out at the very start, the sun is free. <laughs> mm-hmm. and darkness totally. is free. <laughs> totally. And then you can pair it up. My favorite thing is to go outside barefoot in the morning with my coffee. So you're getting the grounding mm-hmm. and the sun. Perfect. I just, so many good things. Yeah. Yeah. No. So many good things. It's really lovely. Well, again, thank you so much, Meredith. And we're going to make sure all your information is linked in the show notes so everyone can find your website, your socials super, super easily. Great. Thank you. Thank you.